0: I am Brother Cornell West, and this is Hip Hop Can Save America.
1: Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com that's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hip For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. Dr. Adia Winfrey. Peace and love. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing as well as could be expected, I suppose. Thank you for coming a little early. I guess maybe you got my message. We had a little time, so, yeah. you know, why stay up later than you need to, right?
0: <laughs> right, right. Look, the work does not stop. It just, you know,
1: <laughs>
0: it goes on and on and on. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be here and, um, you know, happy that, that I got the invite and appreciate the work
1: that you're doing. I appreciate that appreciation. I have, uh, you know, I think you know, you may know, we we may. I don't. We we have a Venn diagram of people and places, but I don't think we've actually been in the same place at the same time. So it's really been just an honor to to meet you and to talk to you, and thank you for coming and spending a little time tonight. I appreciate you. What I want to talk about a little bit, obviously, you do a bunch of things. They all kind of tie in together, and and I I I love that about it. The one thing that I guess I first came across was the uh, the hype curriculum and the hype movement i know you're doing stuff more currently but i think that's a great place to just kind of give people an understanding of you know what your one of your babies was you know that that you put together so maybe some just a little quick rundown of what the hype movement was how you got to putting it together your your history as a psychologist and you know all that stuff and how the curriculum came about how do you talk about that work and i think it's a great way for people to get to know you right out of the gate
0: awesome awesome well yeah manny thanks for having me My work with hip hop really has been just a lifelong evolution. I grew up to hip hop. Tupac was my favorite rapper. And I tell people that um, it really was divine because when I was 12, that's when Brenda's Got a Baby came out. Mm. And at the time that the song dropped, my 12 year old classmate was pregnant. Mm. And the fact that this song was on the radio, even though my parents did not like rap, like most parents didn't back then. But it created an opportunity for my mom to talk to me about this real life situation through this song. And so that really planted the seeds for the HYPE curriculum. Now, HYPE stands for Healing Young People Through Empowerment. And it started out as my doctoral dissertation. I am a doctor of psychology. And it was the first of its kind as it relates to uh, psychology dissertations. My aim was to showcase the positive side of hip-hop because dissertations prior to that was like, these are the negative things that happen when you consume rap. and So initially going into it, I'm like, I wanna find a way to show the hip-hop that I grew to, the way it empowered me. And as I was working on the dissertation, I recognized that this was a need now. It wasn't just an assignment, this was something that could be utilized in the world, and so once I defended my dissertation and piloted the curriculum, I changed my dissertation into a manuscript and sent it to a couple mm. of publishers, and uh, got picked up by Dr. Juansa Kanjufu, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. You know, once the book came out, at that time I just moved to Atlanta and I uh, really was just kind of working it with um, talking about the book in as many places as possible. And I got the opportunity to work for a community mental health center where I was able to do my curriculum. And uh, a journalist contacted me, uh, Chandra Thomas Whitfield and did a feature of me in Jet Magazine. I was on Tom Joyner, this was in 2011. Mm. Right. and once i did the tom jordan show that blew me up like <laughs> right. literally as, as soon as it did drop um i started the company um elevating us and you know it just really like raised my platform and the way the hype movement came about is i was going to schools and speaking uh particularly reading in high school in stone mountain and the youth mm-hmm. were just like we want to work with you a uh, young lady uh, brandy she was a freshman at the time and she's like I want to be your intern and i'm like well i don't really need an intern but okay, <laughs> okay. you know right. what i'm saying but you know that's that, right i'm like all right but the, the once that time joiner effect hit like three weeks later i saw where i could bring these young people in and give them opportunities to express themselves to showcase their talents to uh, have opportunities to explore their interests because it really wasn't like any opportunities for for young people like that in the yeah. Stone mountain area and so um we did that for for several years and i'm still doing it but the the young people are now in their 20s and 30s and have children and families and yeah. it just goes on and on
1: yeah that's dope but um first of all where are you these days are you not still around Atlanta, are you
0: I'm actually in Talladega, Alabama. I have oh, been right. Here of course, for Alabama.
1: Years. Yeah, that'll be the next mm-hmm. thing we talk about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. I'm on the on Southwest. I'm still getting my bearings because I did the thing that New Yorkers do and I moved to Atlanta. So I'm west. In fact, if I tell people where I live, oh really? The, the locals in Atlanta will be like, "Oh, you in Alabama?" I'm not, but you know, I'm over on the west area. So yeah, I'm pretty close. Oh,
0: good. Okay, so you close to me? Yeah. So I'm, I'm like close. only like <clears> what. 25 miles from the Georgia border. So okay. I, right. I go yep. to Atlanta frequently. That's yeah. what's
1: up. That's, uh, you know, there's kind of from New York. Every place is horrible, but this is a nice area. We can deal with it. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let it. Nice. We'll give it a pass. You're
0: spoken like a true New Yorker. 100%. Like
1: true New Yorker. <laughs> 100%. Um, but I do like it down here. And I, I do love, I love a lot of these interactions where you'll find organizations that are willing to you know, you say a community mental health organization that are willing, they know the power of hip hop. They know the power of culture and arts. It's it's ingrained in Atlanta. It's like, it was very much part of the DNA. So you see a lot of that. So if I'm talking to somebody who's not familiar with, you know, the idea, just the concept, its I know it's foreign to some people who aren't familiar with the culture, that hip hop could be an empowering tool. And you talked about it a little bit, like just the way you were able to talk to your mom about a, a situation that, you know, might've been a really difficult thing to discuss, but here was a conduit, right? Here was a uh, a way to, to to make that connection that's that's one way just i guess maybe anecdotally or you know in general what are some of the ways that you see young people being empowered through hip-hop what are some other examples i guess if, if you had to be you know, i'm sure you've had to tell some lay folk who don't get it <laughs> how do you, you know yeah how absolutely. do you do that
0: yeah um one of the biggest things one one of the great things really about hip-hop culture particularly rap music is that it gives you the opportunity to talk about a wide range of subjects. I mean, a wide range. And so oftentimes when we want to speak to young people, it's difficult. Um, Once you start breaking down those walls and, and you get someone open enough to at least receive the information, then you can start uh, the critical thinking, then you can start Mm -hmm. challenging beliefs. Then you can begin introducing new ways of thinking, new ideas, new concepts, things of that nature. And that's really one of the powers of the hype curriculum is that we, uh, present information that most any, uh, you know, mental health intervention or, or, you know, therapy modality would do, you know, we talk about grief, we talk about various uh, psychiatric uh, diagnoses and symptomologies, but we pair it with the music. And so it's not just us talking at young people, it's engaging them in dialogue and creating um, opportunities for them to lead. And so within Mm -hmm. the curriculum, while we do have facilitators, as you go through these 12 sessions, there's less and less work for the facilitators to do because the youth really uh, take ownership of the group and yeah. begin to challenge and see things in each other. And from there, you're able to uh, to help them to create goals, help them to understand how uh, these systems of oppression really shape what our realities are and, and begin to to help them to see the gifts that they have that we often don't see as gifts. You know, a, a lot of y- our young people and I think that is is better now than it was ten years ago, but a lot of gifts that our young people have are difficult to categorize in traditional jobs or settings or, you know, things that when we were coming up, you know, were were called a so-called good job. I think we're kind of out of that now because people kind of <laughs> right. get it, but still, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's like, you, you know, with with, with hip hop, we're able and, and using it as a tool of empowerment, we're able to create these these moments where where young people are able to see these things in themselves, but also to live it out. So uh being a graphic designer you know being an artist of some type you know writing photography videography uh being an entrepreneur you know we're talking about those elements of hip-hop culture that are in the hip-hop declaration of peace you know beyond you know just the entertainment factor
1: right right i always say like there's so many more ways to be involved now you are right it's better now you could be you could be a journalist that just covers you know you could be me could be me, you know, but you could be, a, you know, again, you can get into psychology, you could be a teaching artist, you could be a mentor, yeah, you could be come on now. Yes. all these things. Right. And there's so many opportunities that even if you want to be, cause you know, I you know, like many of us, you know, we, I wanted to be a rapper. I was a DJ. I did production. I did beats. I did remixes, but now I make podcasts, not this one, but other ones where we incorporate music and hip hop into that mix. And it's like, wow, that's a way I can still, Keep my creative talents. Maybe I'm not the, the superstar, right? But I could still be involved, make an impact. And I think for young people to see that, they're not often told that. And this, is, right. this is a great, great method to do that. This is great for, there's another thing I want to say, like to the people that might be listening that aren't familiar with all of these ideas that it's inherent to us. Like we know it. We know this stuff works. It, it worked for us, so we know it. Uh-huh. and uh-huh. we're from different backgrounds, you and me, but uh-huh. it affected us uh-huh. the same way. So uh-huh. this isn't just something that I think what also happens is a lot. And I think that it is more important that these things are happening in the communities from whence hip-hop came, for sure, because you mentioned oppression. You mentioned uh, just having a lack of resources being underfunded, under-resourced, and underloved, you know by you know greater society. So that's where these disparities can be leveled out a little bit because of these great tools. However, it also can affect people across the board. Like this is something that's universal as well. Yes. Right. Can you, can you just talk a little bit about that? How this doesn't just have to be like how we can fix the urban, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 So when I first started uh, implementing the hype curriculum in Stone Mountain in the Stone Mountain area, um, the youth I was working with were from all different backgrounds. Now for the most part, I was working with uh, the department, I think it's called like department DHR, I think is what it's called in Georgia. Okay. Um, so kids that were uh, in group homes or maybe in foster care, but also youth that were going through the juvenile correction system. But bottom lines, it was youth from all different kinds of backgrounds, different right. races. Everybody wasn't into rap music, but right. there was something that everybody could gain from it. And so um, there is this universal uh, piece about about music that somehow connects us and, and becomes a bridge and, and a way for us to uh, have difficult conversations sometimes. And the thing that I really uh, was intentional about when I created the curriculum, I would say I, I intentionally didn't use so-called conscious artists. And um, I also wanted to, use, and so, um, you know, using that as a way to to engage young people and almost as a teaching tool. So it's not necessarily that they're listening to the people that they would normally listen to, but in hearing this music and hearing a song that's older than them, you know, it, it, there are lessons and things there as well. So even though they may like rap, they don't like our rap, but they can <laughs> still find value in it and right. learn and grow.
1: Yeah, yeah. Factual, factual. If you're, just, if you're listening on the audio feed, you already know this, but I'm speaking to Dr. Dia Winfrey. Dr. Dia, as she's affectionately known, uh, and also when she spits her spit game. I've seen the videos. I've seen what you do. Oh, I've, what seen you get, I've seen you getting oh, down. Come on now. This was interesting because obviously you did this for a while, and I don't know when the change happened. I, you know, just trying to follow your career pa- careers path, as we wear many hats in this game. This then also kind of shifted to these to being in a political sphere a little bit. Um can you tell me a little bit about when you know when that happened, how that happened? Obviously, you you know you ran for uh, for Congress uh in your area at the time and what led you to say I've been doing this kind of work, now I'm kind of delving into this kind of, cuz it's a little bit of a different animal.
0: And it's and it's very much the same. <laughs> it's like the, the the differences are there, but there's a lot of of similarities and it's yeah. interesting because all of this really goes back to my upbringing. I was, uh, my family is all from Talladega, Alabama. Okay. Oh, so you back um, home. <laughs> they, yeah, I'm back home. Yeah. yeah, when yeah. My parents married, they uh, went to the Louisville, Kentucky area. So I was born mm-hmm. and raised there, yeah. but spent a lot of time in Alabama. But I was raised to be an activist. I grew up in the NACP in the 90s. When it wasn't cool to be an activist out there with a bullhorn, that was me. Right. And right. so um, when I created the hype movement, And and now, mind you, this is when Obama was in office. And that's the other thing about hype. Initially, it wasn't the rap part that people didn't like. It was the fact I was talking about oppression because apparently racism didn't exist anymore.
1: Right, what happened? uh, What are you you doing? We all, you know.
0: (laughs) It's over. Like this is crazy. (laughs) So when I was working with the young people, I was raising them how I was raised. And so I was engaging them, even though they were in high school, engaging them in, in understanding the power of the vote, the power of going to town hall meetings, understanding your rights, things like that. And so, so, um, yeah, so I moved back to Alabama in uh, 2014 I thought it was temporary. I was coming home to help um, with my family, uh, with my mom, my father had gotten sick. And so I came home and when my uh, as soon as I touched down, my big cousin was like, all right, you got to be the modern day Rosa Parks. I'm like, because like I'm literally just popping in for a few months, like I'm I'm not coming to stay. (laughs) And I mean, doggone And I'm telling you the words he spoke, I mean, they truly, truly came came to pass. And so um, as my dad was uh, transitioning, you know, people knew what I was doing with hip hop. I would often come to Alabama when I lived in Atlanta and I would do things with hype. Once I came back, uh, everybody just had this idea that we should do a block party. My grandma had actually just passed away and everybody was just kind of talking about that. Like, you know, we don't do stuff outside like we used to. And I was like, you know what? We should just plan a block party, especially like once my dad had uh, transitioned in April. And I Mm. said, well, what if we just like do a block party around uh, the 4th of July? And so we planned this big block party. We were gonna make everything free. We did this huge firework show and it was attended by over 250 people. It was like Mm. this, and this is a little bitty town that I live in, like super (laughs) high. And it was right in the hood and it was just amazing. And so uh, after the block party happened, there was this incident of gun violence that happened in the, in the neighborhood where it was um, a young man that had attended the black party um, was murdered and it just really um, mm. brought the community together and everybody's just kind of like, we need to do something. And you know, again, I was already engaged, but with that, you know, kind of shifted how people looked at the work I was doing here at home. Yeah. Um, so that was in 2015. Fast forward to 2017 um, when which is Roy Moore the, uh, political folks in my area in Talladega knew what I had done with the, uh, block party. Right. And so they asked if I would volunteer, you know, with the campaign. So I'm like, sure. And, uh, we knocked over hundred doors, me and my children, uh, some other people that I got together and we actually not only flipped the county, uh, where I live, but Doug Jones won the special election. Mm-hmm. And right. so, um, six weeks later, the the same people in my area because it was um the 2018 elections were coming up and they're like right. you should run for congress i'm like <laughs> quarters to right. donate and wait
1: say it again wait, wait, yeah. run, run, run it back i lost you for a second run it back the last sentence you said. oh go sorry that's no, okay the, the, the yeah, thing so,
0: yeah. uh, i know my reception yeah that's so right. my my children were just like go for it you know what i mean mm-hmm. they were uh, they were small and they were just like yeah like you should do it and so we were able to get some donors and i qualified uh ran a hell of a race that was when we started the implementation of hip hop into politics. At that point, I, I had a primary opponent and initially, you know, people told me the sound advice, you know, hide my hip hop background. They're like, right. you need to be Dr. Winfrey. Nobody right. needs to know about Dr. D and hype. just, you know, <laughs> right. just being right. a regular, you know what I'm saying, doctor. And I tried, I, I, I really did. But when I saw that racism and and people's um, negative perceptions of me as a black woman, a mother, um, going against a white woman who was a former Miss America, you know, I was getting, even when I was, you know, towing a line and and, and playing the role, I was still getting the negative feedback. I said, I might as well be myself, you know, if if I'm going to run. And so we were just all out with it. I got a campaign DJ and we were Mm. straight hip hop. And uh, while I lost the primary, I gained a lot of support statewide. And uh, the person that was running for governor put me on his campaign and I was able to learn a lot and again, continue to build the network. 2020 right. election came around, I was not gonna run, but a lot of the same people that didn't support me in 2018 were like, we need you, like we get it now. You know what I'm saying? They, they right. really understood the message. And so I ran, as we know, 2020 was crazy between COVID and the social unrest that was going right. on uh, what I decided to do, because in Alabama, our issue is not voter registration. We have more than enough registered voters. Our issue is people honestly believe their vote does not count. And I know people say that all the time. We hear that everywhere, but it's the level of that in Alabama is, is just different. And so what we decided to do Instead of making my campaign about me as a cat situations, we were all uh, seeing and going through and showing people how that connected back to an election, how this was a mm. voting issue. Okay. And um, and we were very much hip hop. I mean, uh, we were extra hip hop at that point. And uh, I garnered over 104,000 votes, mm. which was the second highest vote count for a person uh, running on a Democratic ticket in my congressional district, I only came second to the person that was on the ballot when Obama ran in 08. And the other interesting thing about that 104,000, it was a record low black voter turnout. So imagine if the black voter turnout had been higher, you know, with with numbers like that. So people encouraged us like, you know what, we like what y'all did, like bringing the message with hip hop, you know, giving us basic civic engagement, right. you guys should keep it going. And so that's why we started Transform Alabama like three weeks after the campaign ended.
1: Mm, got it. Got it. So, okay. So no energy could be, what's the law of physics? You can't destroy energy. You can only transform it into something else. Right. So that's like, that was like sort of the, the pivot, the next stage of the political engagement was Transform Alabama. Yeah.
0: Yep. And so uh, we, we started it we, we did not know what we were doing. We thought we were <laughs> going to be an LLC. We okay. didn't know. We thought we were going to be an LLC. And, um, but then um, luckily one of my mentors uh, brought me into a brand new uh, civic engagement table. It just formed here in Alabama, literally at the same time Transform Alabama was forming. And uh, I came into the civic engagement table, uh, Alabama Forward, uh, at the beginning of 2021. And it has been a complete blessing. Mm. We have made so many impacts within the state of Alabama. Um, One thing that I got to mention is I was one of the original plaintiffs on the uh, Allen versus Milligan case, which is that Supreme Court case that led to the new map. Uh, in Alabama, which, uh, subsequently changed the, uh, redistricting, Redistricting uh, Louisiana and Georgia, North Carolina, on and Mm. on and on. And that came from the work that we have done with transform Alabama. We have, um, you know, just really, really been intentional about using hip hop as a tool of political education and not just having to be about going to the polls because Right. I mean, it, it goes so much deeper than that, but but really engaging people holistically in right. our uh, political system.
1: What are some of the ways, if you were to say, if you were a political consultant, right, or you know, as I try to do and talk to other places and say, here's what we did that worked in that incorporation of hip hop. Maybe here's some things that didn't that we thought would take off but didn't. What what's the advice you give to other? Because I, I would imagine you would advocate for this approach in districts all across the country that we know how uh, powerful hip hop could be. We know that when you don't turn your back on hip hop, uh, I think of uh, Dupre Kelly uh, from loads of underground in in city council, Newark who lost and then won, but never turned his back on his hip hopness. You know, that's do it all. You know what I mean? Like everyone knows that's do it all. Um, So that was a place that he maybe heeded that that's that pivot you made. What advice would you give or what? That's like almost like, emphatic message would you give to political operations in other areas? Like you need to do this. This is what works.
0: Oh, w- my advice would be to make yourself hip hop friendly because the people that you need to vote are going to align with hip hop. And at this point, like I remind people, it's not that hip hop is about the, the youth vote. We just celebrated right. hip hop 50. I mean, hip hop, you know, shout out to Minister Server who calls herself the dopest hip hop grandpa, you know what I'm saying? We got it's my long guy. Long folks that are yep. definitely of the culture. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, our like, knees were hurting. You know,
1: it, That's all I know is our knees were hurting after watching the the celebrations, but we were watching them.
0: But we were watching them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like you know it, it, the people that we want to engage. Yeah. You can get them by making yourself available to hip hop, and it, and it's not just about having a rapper come up or, or playing <laughs> a rap song or doing something corny. There are so many ways that you can make yourself hip hop friendly, you know, even just how you create your, your literature, how you, you know, graphics mm-hmm. that you may use, mm-hmm. certain fonts that you may use, where you hang up posters. I mean, it's right. it's the small, it's the subtle things, you know, and and really at the end of the day, anybody that has been involved with politics knows that you have to have volunteers, you have to have boots on the ground, and yeah. oftentimes, uh, you know, your 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 uh, budget, your pockets may be a little light, you know, you're not able to pay everybody, but sometimes you bring that hip hop in, and you can make people feel good about being
1: right we'll let that we'll we'll let it recharge we have to get the connection right again we're talking to dr adia winfrey aka dr dia dr d who uh, ran for congress uh and used that experience to create an uh, organization called transform alabama which is now uh actively involved in engaging the communities especially the youth through the use of hip-hop in order to help them not just registering to vote uh, understanding how the political system works getting a civic education uh, being involved with the process, going to the town halls, learning more about you know, what the actual uh, mechanisms are, uh, not just going voting and pulling a lever. And uh, we wanted to get into a little bit of that, but we had a connection uh, issue with Dr. Diaz. So we'll, we'll see if she can connect back in. Uh, in the meantime, you're checking out Hip Hop Can Save America with the man Manny Faces. We are live every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and of course, you can check all the, uh, uh, all the replays on YouTube. You can go to hiphopcuseveramerica slash watch right now, Doctor Dia. You're back with us. I know the connection has been a bit wild, but we're here.
0: Can you hear me? It's I think it's the weather because the weather was like a yeah. little choppy, but it looks like the connection is back good.
1: All right, um, I, yeah. I hear you now.
0: Okay, cool, cool,
1: cool. All right, I'll try. We'll try to get it. We'll try to get it in. I won't keep you too much longer. And if it keeps failing, we'll just do it again. We come, we can hang out again. Absolutely. Uh, I, I just wanted to know, you mentioned something. There's one point I wanted to get at was you mentioned that uh, Transformer Alabama is much more than just re- voter registration and going to the polls. It's about civic understanding and getting, you know, understanding how the mechanisms work and knowing that your vote can indeed count. And I fear, I'm just looking at the political landscape as it's shaping up, that that thing that you talked about where people think their vote doesn't matter. Is actually going to be more of an issue coming this election year. Uh, how important is it that the work you're doing, you know, defeats that feeling of hopelessness?
0: Right. And that that's the that's the thing. And, and really showing people how their vote does matter. And, yeah. and part of that is the basics of, of civic engagement, the basics of understanding how our political system works, because a lot of the the misunderstanding comes because people don't know what different elected officials are supposed to be doing. They don't understand who is doing what. Um, so we, we definitely uh, start at the basics. We do a program that is called HEAT, which is Heal, Elevate and Transform, where we do basic civic engagement. The other thing with Transform Alabama is that we amplify the role that Black Alabamians have played in the voting rights movement for three centuries. And oftentimes, you know, the message of how black Alabamians actually shifted what happened in this country gets lost because the people who are more famous, their names get elevated. So, you know, of course you think of Dr. Martin Luther King for good reason, but the victories that he had were in Alabama organized by Alabama organizers who have been doing the work before he was even born. He, right. you know, was able to come along and and help be a great mobilizer, help bring the cameras, help raise money to to get the work done. But the the manpower, the woman power, came from Alabama organizers. The foundational and stuff. There you go, and and yeah. just even the execution. And so, yeah. you know, we we definitely talk about that and, and really help people here understand that these are our foreparents and. How that ties into the civic engagement that we engage in now.
1: Yeah, before we lose you for good, because the weather's apparently uh, knocking us out of the box. Tell me about what you're doing for Selma, and if it doesn't work out, we'll get you I'll, I'll do a little thing and I want to share this information. I think what you're what you're working together with, you know Selma this year, uh, the panels, discussions you have going on, Let me know what's going on uh, in that in those regards.
0: Yeah, perfect. So uh, this year, uh, for the Selma, Bridge Crossing Jubilee, that's the annual commemoration of Bloody Sunday and the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Um, we are doing our third annual intergeneration. The Hip Hop Summit will be announcing who uh, some of our special guests are. I can announce that uh, Slide and the Family Stone are not only uh, participating in the events on March 2nd on stage, but also uh, some... Uh, private uh, workshops and things with some young people. So we're definitely mm. excited. You can learn more at SelmaJubilee.com.
1: Uh, Selma Jubilee, Transform Alabama. That's where you're going to find all the information. There's a press co- press conference coming up. I'm just yeah. down the road. Maybe I'll take a road trip and come hang out. We can see what happens. Um, come hang out. Yes. yes it yes.
0: it, it could it
1: work. It could work. I'll definitely uh, consider that. Uh, while I got you, we got a good signal real quick. Tell anybody what they need to know, (laughs) how to find you, how to find the the information, and let's get people involved.
0: Look, y'all, y'all can follow me at Dr. Dia on pretty much everything. We're also at Transform Alabama on IG as well as on Facebook. Go to transformalabama.org. You can get info about the events that we do. You can donate. You can get merch. You can also go to selmajubilee.com. That's where you're going to find out everything going on in Selma. It's a four-day uh, celebration commemoration from uh, February 29th up until March the 3rd. A lot of the events are free. A few things you pay for, but it's just a good vibe. And with the Hip Hop Summit, yep. y'all, I can definitely say the Minister Server is going to be there. Um, as I mentioned, Slide and the Family Stone is participating, and a lot of other good folks. Paradise Gray is going to touch the stage. Oh, nice. So I'm just excited and look forward to everybody coming out to Selma.
1: Very dope. Like I said, I'm down the road. I hope to make it myself, but I'll spread the, I'll spread the information and let people know and then we'll get you back and you tell us about all the ongoing things you're doing.
0: Yep. I can hear
1: you now. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I just wanted you to hear me say goodbye and thank you so much. We'll talk again soon.
0: All right. Peace y'all. All
1: All right, my friend. Thank you.
0: Appreciate y'all. Appreciate you.
1: All right. Right on. Listen, once again, one time, one time for Dr. Dia (laughs) came through and told us, fought through all of the technical difficulties trying to make sure that we stay connected and let you know what's going on. This is just a wonderful example of an assortment of works that she does, uh, whether it's the hype movement, the uh, uh, healing young people through empowerment. It's a curriculum. If you're a teacher, you might want to know about that. Uh, the hip hop empowerment model that she uses. Again, across the board, this is something that's universal. We can help kids of all ages, of all demographics, of all stripes and sizes and, and ways of life. Do hip hop. She has the receipts. She's seen it work. She's put it together. She makes it easy for you to figure out some more her political aims and experiences. Becoming a candidate for U.S. Congress in Alabama, where, you know, the black vote is sometimes thought to not be effective, but she came pretty damn close. And I think it's pretty important to know that, you know, if those votes previously had not been thought to make a difference, her numbers might say otherwise. Women lie, men lie, numbers don't. Uh so Transform Atlanta uh, uh, Atlanta. I'm sorry, but you know, I'm here now, so it's like in my head. Transform Alabama is now the organization that's taking that next reign, that next initiative to not only bring people to the polls or getting them registered to vote, but let them know what all this means. All politics are local. What going to local off presidential year elections are about, the mechanisms of government, how you could get involved and run for something yourself. She said, I didn't necessarily want to run, but. They said I'd be an important voice, and she was and is. So check out those things, the Selma Jubilee happening this year, and the Hip Hop Summit, the Hip Hop Political Summit in Selma uh, that will be a part of that can all be found at selmajubilee.com and, of course, Transform Alabama as well. So I'm not going to put all the things into the text. You know how to use the Internet. You'll be able to find it. It's too much for me. I can't do everything. I was fighting with technology all night, but I wouldn't let it go. Because this is the world's most enlightening hip-hop live stream. We're bringing you all the information about hip-hop being used to uplift humanity and uh, improve society. We bring you things that aren't bull crap. I'm not going to curse. Hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip-Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's most important hip-hop podcast. My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at Mannyfaces.substack.com, Filled with stories of hip hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip hop news that isn't about dumb shit. <laughs> Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcassaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, it's Many Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours.